Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. This is the second day of December. This is Paul, and I'm thankful you're with me today as we're heading, heading out of a work week and into the first weekend of December. Today, we arrive at the sixth day of our Advent celebration, anticipating the arrival of Jesus. And I'm not merely talking about the future arrival of Jesus, but also looking at the arrival of the baby Jesus as we head into the Christmas season. What did that mean? There's a lot of types and shadows and things that we can learn. Today, I want to talk to those of you who might be in a waiting pattern, some sort of holding. You believe you've heard from God, but you haven't yet seen the fullness of His provision. Or you've put a petition in front of the Lord and you've yet to see any return on that petition. In reality, this is a moment of quietness, maybe even darkness for some of you. A long wait. When we head into the winter, we're getting very close to winter solstice, that shortest day of the year. And from there, we head into the coldness of winter here in North America And that is a season where everything sort of looks dead. It's not dead. It's just dormant. We're in between the fall and the spring. And so in that period, the earth gets refreshed, uh, gets re-fertilized, and things begin to spring forth anew eventually, but not yet. And if all you did was look at that moment and see that environment in which everything looks dead and stripped, bare and cold, You might think there's never going to be a spring. Some of you might be in one of those seasons right now, and you think there's never going to be a spring. I want to read to you today from the final book of the Old Testament. And I want to remind you that between the books of Malachi and Matthew, we have over four centuries of biblical silence. There is no other book that falls into the canon of Scripture for us as Christians after the book of Malachi. So the anticipation of the Jesus that bursts on the scene in the book of Matthew has been building for over four centuries. Now I want you to imagine over four centuries ago, Shakespeare was writing his plays in England. And I'm talking just over four centuries ago. Just over four centuries ago, King James of England ordered the English translation of the Bible known that come to be known as the King James Version. That was in 1611. Shakespeare's writing in 1590s, in the early 1600s. That's just over 400 years. That's about the same distance between the close of the book of Malachi and the arrival of Christ and what gets put down in the book of Matthew. And I don't mean Matthew was written 400 years after Malachi, but the events therein fall within that time. Now, if you can imagine how long it would feel to be told something say, in Shakespeare's day, and it just now starts to come to pass in 2022, that would be the distance between the text we're going to read today and the arrival of the object of that text. And so it had to feel like to the people of Israel and Judea that God had forgotten about them, that God had made them wait an inordinate amount of time. I want to read Malachi chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. 
But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will set as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now, as I said a moment ago, there's over 400 years between this prophecy and the actual arrival of Jesus. This never says Jesus, but none of the Old Testament prophecies do. We know this is him because this is the one who brings the covenant. This is the one whom God delights in, his beloved son. This is the one who brings his fan in his hand and thoroughly purges his floor. He brings his refiner's fire, his launderer's soap. He purifies and brings forth righteousness. All of this is Jesus, and yet 400 years. I ask a question today that I don't expect any of us can truly answer. We could all try to frame some kind of theology around it, but I think at the end we'd be a little flat. And that question is, why does God make us wait? Jesus said, in your patience, you possess your souls. What that could mean is, As you go through difficulties in life and don't see solutions and don't see answers, you learn how to control your soulish man, your emotional man. You control, you become master over your emotions as you display patience. But that doesn't really answer why God makes us wait. Why does God make them wait 400 years between Malachi 3 and the arrival of Jesus? None of them are going to get to see it. And yet he tells them about it so that they will write it down, so that the subsequent generations, so that the ones who are in the dark 100 years after this, 200, 300, 390 years after this, so that they can believe. So I don't know why God makes us wait. And we shouldn't be flippant in this Advent season. It is a season of waiting and anticipating and hope, but it's not a season to be flippant about the weight and to allow the weight to cause us to stop believing. Instead, in these days, in these coming days, these coming weeks, let's reflect on all we've had to wait for. Let's reflect on the fact that we still wait on the Lord, and in doing so, we renew our strength. And in this season, that's the object of this season, as much as anything else we can learn. Tomorrow we introduce the sermon that will drop on Sunday as well. We'll talk about Advent Day 7. We'll see you then. God bless.